Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well today on this fabulous Sunday afternoon or evening. And uh, the music you were hearing before I come on was Mylon Lefevre, More Like Jesus. And then the uh, next song, of course, you didn't get to hear much of it. I encourage you to go back and listen to is Grave Robber by Petra. And I don't know about some of you, but I've always been a big Petra fan. And uh, so I had to play that one at least. But I always, always liked Petra. Well... There is one album in particular, Not of This World, uh, that's probably the quintessential Petra. <laughs> and so I'd, that's the only one I really enjoyed. Some of the other stuff I just I wasn't as uh, excited about uh, as uh, as I was with that one. But uh, either way, uh, I always like to try to play some, some good uh, contemporary Christian music, particularly uh, of the 80s. I am an 80s kid, so uh, born in the 70s, but love the 80s. So... Uh, but anyway, uh, glad to see everybody watching this evening, and glad to have you here. And I uh, hope everybody had a good day today. I hope everybody uh, are well rested. I know uh, this, it was just one of those cloudy days that, uh, uh, I don't know about you, just nothing good but sleeping. So as soon as I come home, my wife had an awesome lunch prepared. I ate that and uh, filled my fat belly. And then I was out like a light and uh, did not want to get up at all. But uh, I knew that uh, I had to get up and study and get ready for this evening. So that was the incentive to do what I needed to do. But anyway, let's go ahead and look at our opening scripture this evening. Let me get this pulled up here. We're looking at James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Again, that's James 4, 7. And uh, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. Uh, the prayer request we had from this morning, uh, I just kind of hit the highlights of things. Uh, I'll try to read every one of them, but uh, the main ones we usually go over every evening anyway. But be praying for Larry and Donna Knott. Um, Donna's in the hospital, so be sure and be praying for her. I was talking to, to Larry yesterday, and poor old guy, he's having a rough time. Uh, Doug had uh, Larkin, Nancy, PK, and Unspoken, and uh, Brandy's mom and dad are uh, battling COVID, and uh, at least I know Hoppy is. I I know Sharon's uh, probably just got a head cold and telling everybody she got COVID, but uh, <laughs> I'm just joking. I just said that because I knew she was watching, but uh, now pray for them both. They're really sick, and uh, pray for healing, and uh, uh, worry about them. Uh, pray for Wendy Lee and Kim Penix and Jane Kitchings and uh, Fran Pear. Uh, said pray for Eddie Green and Nora and Johnny and Merv. It's good to see Ron Thompson at church this morning. It really was. I was glad to see him there. And uh, Jerry Keller, good evening. Glad to see that you're watching this evening. Uh, let's see, Mamie, my grandmother Mamie, she wanted to be sure we pray for my Aunt Kathy. She's really sick and uh, she's concerned about her uh let's see here um and then uh, verda richard and brian pauline unspoken and uh cheryl country president several unspoken i know uh um let's see here what was it at there uh i know there it is i knew uh, since jerry's watching i read his prayer concern he had james keller uh joel and darlene miller so i was trying to read the ones who are watching this evening, and, uh, uh, oh, thank you, Brandy. She said the verse was still up. I'm so bad about that. <laughs> so bad about that. But that slide up. See what y'all don't see. What I don't see, what I see, I have dual pictures here on my on my laptop here. Here we go. 
this laptop. So I still see me as the video and I see what's on my monitor for the slides. So I forget to transfer it back over because I'm still seeing the video. So that's why I forget. So that's what's going on there. So, but uh, my friend had on her, Miss Betty, Jack Mathis, and uh, uh, trying to see if there's anybody else here. Don't see any other prayer request. Uh, but, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, we need, and Ginger Hood, I know she wasn't able to make a church this morning because she had to have a, uh, uh, another round of uh, chemo, and so she wasn't able to come out and attend this morning for obvious reasons. Uh, and uh, again, like I said, Wendy Lee, Kim Penix, um, trying to think uh, if I'm missing anybody else. I'm sure I may be, and I apologize if I am. But uh, let's go ahead and go for the Lord in prayer. Therefore, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, thank you for your love, your joy, your peace overflowing. And Lord, I just want to lift up each and every one of these prayer requests and concerns. And Lord, I, uh, I know there's a lot of people struggling today, and I pray that you give them strength and peace. Lord, I do want to lift up my uh, mother-in-law, father-in-law, that you'll take away this uh, COVID mess, and that you'll restore their strength, their appetites, and uh, Lord, that you'll uh, bring them to full and complete health. Uh, Lord, I do pray for uh, uh, Jack Mathis and the prayer request Miss Betty always lifts up. And uh, Lord, thank you for letting Ron Thompson be at church this morning. I do pray for Kim Penix, Wendy Lee, Ginger Hood, Lynn and David Feathers, Roger Winters, Jane Kitchen. Pray for Larry and Donna Knight, and uh, Lord, uh, so many others. Uh, uh, Lord, mentioned and unmentioned, and you know the thoughts, minds, and needs of each and every person watching here this evening. And those that are written down this morning, Lord, let your will be done in each and every situation. Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So, um, I'm trying to think here. Um, as far as uh, trying to read, make sure there wasn't anybody else on here I missed. Announcement-wise, uh, really nothing special going on right now. Uh, just same old, same old. And Lord willing, in the morning, we'll meet at 615 do our daily devotions, and then uh, Lord willing, Wednesday, we'll meet at 7 o'clock, and we will do uh, our Wednesday evening service, continue our study in First Peter, and Lord willing, we'll meet again next Sunday at uh, 118 Julie Lane. Uh, we'll physically meet there every morning from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m., but like, of course, Sunday night, Wednesday night, for those who may be tuning in, may not realize we only meet virtually on Sunday night and Wednesday night, so uh, uh, hopefully that will... You all know, know, understand that. So I uh, can't, um, <clears throat> can't think of anything else. I guess that's about it. But uh, let's go ahead and read our verses we'll be looking at this evening. And I'll try to remember to uh, <laughs> turn the uh, the video back on. First uh, Peter 3, 1 through 6, Wives and husbands, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of your hair and putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. 
All right, so a lot of a lot of good stuff here. Anxious to dive into that. Before we do, I know we just prayed, but let's go ahead and pray again. And uh, good evening, Roger Winters. Glad to have you watching. Larky Tyree's watching this evening. Angel Dixon. So appreciate you guys and gals. Uh, let's go ahead and have another quick word of prayer here. So, dear Father Lord, again we just come before you and praise you and thank you. And uh, Lord, we just praise your holy name. Uh, Lord, just be with us tonight. Uh, guide us and direct us in your word. Uh, Lord, help us, uh, Lord Jesus, to glean and understand the teaching this evening. Uh, Lord, help us uh, to understand what's being said here. Help it to be applicable to all those who are watching. And Lord, let it glorify you. And Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so we are uh, talking about wives and husbands here. Talking about being, being submissive to wives and husbands, uh, or well, particularly wives to husbands. I'll get out here just a second. I know that uh, uh, in this day and time, that uh, particularly with feminism, uh, that uh, that is not a popular topic to uh, to address. Is uh, wives submitting to husbands, and uh, that's why. Good morning, good evening, Jamie and Linda Arnold. Uh, you know. It is, that's uh, uh, so what I told my dad this morning, I said, say a prayer for me, because I don't want to, I want to make sure that we are understanding uh, this passage in its proper context, and uh, if it offends you to the point that it brings understanding and brings conviction, good. If it's offending you and just making you mad because I'm addressing it in the wrong way, then there's the problem. But I hope we're praying that I, I, I address this in the proper context and I bring some understanding uh, to this passage. And uh, I know that uh, uh, in, in today's modern world, uh, for a woman to submit to a man is uh, is something that uh, uh, you it can bring about uh, a... Uh, a scoff or two, <laughs> and uh, uh, like I said, I, I remember one woman in particular. Uh, I was getting ready to do their uh, wedding, and uh, they said, uh, "You know, be sure you don't put anything in there about me having to submit to him." And I was like, "Okay, uh, you know, uh, you've got that kind of ideology, but it is. Um, we have to understand what that's saying, all right? And we look at Ephesians five, uh, and when I do marital counseling, and you've heard me say this before." Uh, you know, in regards to submission, uh, you know, it is, we, the woman is to submit to the Lord, uh, and, uh, I mean, sorry, submit to their husbands, uh, just as the church is to submit to God. There's just that, uh, we're to have that, uh, uh, that authority, not a dictatorship, it's not a, uh, uh, not by no stretch of imagination, because we see on down, you know, love your wives as your own body, and you know, we, it's it's a mutual uh, relationship, but uh, it doesn't uh, change the fact that uh, the man is to be the spiritual head of the household, and uh, the wife is to submit to that, uh, to that uh, authority, if you will, and uh, I know. Men have misused that scripture to uh, beat their wives with with the Bible, which is wrong. Uh, women have uh, uh, bucked up against that and said, uh, well, I'm not going to submit to no man uh, because they misunderstand what that is saying. There is um, uh, God has put in place uh, the the position of what man and women are supposed to be. 
And sadly, there's a lot of weak need, milk toast men out there, and uh, there's a lot of overbearing women. I mean, it just back to the mat is just the way it is. I mean, it's just that's just part of life, and that makes you mad, and so be it. I can't help it. I mean, I just you know, I can't. That's just that's just the way it is. But uh, you know, we see this here. Likewise, wives subject to your own husbands, submitting to your husbands. It's not saying that women, you're supposed to be some spineless. Little handmaiden that just, you know, rolls over and does everything that a man's supposed to tell you to do. That's not what that's saying. But what that's saying is, as is in regards to a servant, putting away pride and, um, and, and, you know, doing what's in the best interest of your partner. And, uh, and that's, and that goes both ways. Uh, you know, I think that a lot of marriages would work a lot better if they would put away pride. If they put away uh, the selfishness that gets in the way of those relationships. So really, you know, when we look at the scripture, it's pertaining mainly to women, but we can see aspects of this that can apply to both sexes. So, you know, let's make that clear. Now, one thing that we need to make sure that we are uh, in complete understanding about uh, in the context of the time that this was written. Uh, and this time that this was written, women were uh, treated uh it's about the about the level of a barnyard animal. I mean, that's just the way it was at this particular time, place, and history, and culture uh, that we're uh, referring to. And uh, in fact, uh, it was nothing. They said women were not allowed to drink wine. In fact, there's instances where a man beat his wife to death because she was caught drinking wine. Uh, he divorced his wife because uh, another man divorced his wife because uh, she was caught out in public talking to a freed woman. Uh, another woman was divorced because she dared to go to a to some games. Uh, you know, women were meant to be more or less a prisoner. Uh, in their home, uh, they were not really not allowed to speak and allowed to really do anything, but remain really oddly uh, in a room. And uh, the man had complete, utter autonomy, uh, control, and uh, and and you know could do about whatever he wanted to. He could give up the woman at any time as long as he gave up the diary with her uh, and cast her out. So I mean, it, it was a pretty bad uh, type of situation. So that's what makes this, uh, why Peter is addressing this issue, uh, for one, because there is that uh, worry uh, you know, or concern, I don't know if so much of worries or what's concerned, that, uh, you know, what were the consequences, you know, if, you know, if the individuals, you know, of course, God's word tells us not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. That goes with relationships. That goes with friendships. We have to be very careful about that. We can't, you know, because they're going to want to pull you down. But say if two unbelievers are married and then one gets saved, uh, but the other is an unbeliever, uh, this is kind of where this is, we're pulling, we're looking at this in its context. And, you know, for those who may be watching this evening, and maybe you have become saved and your partner isn't, you need to remain in that marriage uh, and and cover them in prayer and hopes that the Lord will touch their hearts and minds. That's not to say, you know, and we'll get into this here in just a little bit, you know, I'm not saying to stay in an abusive relationship. And when I say abusive, I mean physically abusive relationship. Uh, if a, if a, if a man hits you once, he'll do it again. And the safest thing you can do if you're a lady watching this this evening is get away from that spineless nothing of a man and get some help. It'll continue to get worse until they kill you. I was going to be honest with you. And there's no changing them. And, uh, of course, a lot of women, they're just scared for their safety, their children's safety, and it's a hard situation to get out of. But I'm not saying to stay in a physically abusive relationship and uh, because it can 
continue nine times out of ten, it'll get worse and worse and worse till usually the woman will end up dead. And uh, so, you, in that situation, you need to get get out of there, seek some help, get to a shelter, get to the police, get whatever you know. And uh, a lot of women they they say, well, he started crying and apologized. Well, yeah, they they they, they pull that card all the time, but then the next time he gets mad, guess what? He's gonna start swinging again. So that's why I couldn't be a police officer. I'll be honest with you right now. I could not be a cop because if I come in and saw some piece of excrement <laughs> that was uh, abusing a woman physically or hurting a child, they'd have to put me in jail because uh, the the baton would be swinging viciously and uh, there would be accidental discharges from my weapon. So <laughs> because they just you know I, I just I couldn't I, I, it takes a special individual to be a police officer. It really does. That, that is a true calling. Uh, 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 for it to be a police officer. So, with that said, all right, we look at this here, and again, we said, likewise, wives subject your. You know, I get such a hurry, I can't uh, half read half the time. Likewise, wives be subject to your own husbands. All right, submit to them, but in way pride. Uh, you know, again, we're not saying that you're to be spineless, but we're talking about selfless behavior. So that even if some do not obey the word, uh, they may be one without a word. Okay. So what that's saying is, you know, because uh, particularly in this time and place in history, uh, if the because of the complete uh, control and the in the in the really the viciousness that a man could show towards a woman, you know, if she was to come right out and say she's a Christian, well, they. Uh, if he didn't divorce her, he might kill her. I mean, really. I mean, it, so uh, what he's saying is uh, perhaps to uh, just by your actions alone, without even saying a word, your actions alone will demonstrate uh, a change of heart, a change of mind. And uh, so without even saying a word, just your attitude, uh, showing that servant's heart, putting away that pride, uh, putting away that arrogance. You know, and it's talking about without a word, uh, you know, you you don't want to nag a man to death. You don't want to uh, push them in the wrong direction. You know, it is uh, uh, some women. Uh, it goes different ways. You know, you can uh, browbeat you know uh, an individual, a man, uh, and uh, just stay on their case all the time. You know, sometimes that's just going to either result in an argument. And he starts hollering, you start hollering louder, he gets louder, and then sometimes it just, you know, things are said that wouldn't normally be said under rational circumstances. And, uh, and you know, maybe if you just said, well, I understand what you're going through and let it go, you know, it might de-escalate that situation. Uh, or it was just as bad or worse as some men just, they don't even put up a fight, they just uh, kowtow and, and just, uh, uh, give in and just do whatever the wife tells them to do. That, that's not doing anybody any good either. But uh, uh, without a word, I told Dad, I was when I was doing this study, I read an illustration I thought was kind of funny. The men might find it funny. I don't know how many of the women will, but uh, said this guy uh, called his wife Peg, and her not that wasn't her name. And somebody got a question, said, why do you call her Peg? That's not her name. He said, well, the, uh, the, the, the horse Pegasus, he was an immortal horse. And because he was an immortal horse, that means that he was an eternal nag. So he said, that's why I call her Peg. <laughs> so you don't want to be an eternal nag, ladies. And uh, <laughs> I like what I saw on, on social media one time. said, uh, uh, there's no reason to nag me to get something done. 
or, or what was it? Uh, when something needs fixed, or no, there's no need to nag me every six months and aggravate me about it, you know. But uh, so we had to. Uh, that was just a little tongue in cheek, a little funny. Like I said, you may or might not found it funny. I I laughed out loud. I thought it was pretty funny when I heard that joke. But anyway, so you don't want to steal. And that's another thing too. Uh, I've seen situations, uh, and Dad can testify to this. You know, I've seen. Um, Women who just stayed after their husbands costly to go to church. You know, come to church, come to church, come to church. And uh, they'll come to church. They may even get saved. They uh, are heavily active in the church. And all of a sudden they just disappear. You know, and I've asked, I said, what, whatever happened to so-and-so? I don't, I don't understand what, what, what was the deal with that? He said that, uh, you know, the, the wife uh, just you know, constantly stayed on the guy to come to church. He did come to church. God saved and then she got jealous and got mad because she felt like he was too involved in church. And then so he quit. And I just, those situations just absolutely blow my mind. I will never understand that, that you, you're, you're praying for your spouse to be in church and then get jealous and upset because they spend so much time being involved in church and in the things of the Lord. That just, uh, that's the craziest thing I've heard in my life. I'll be honest with you. I just, I, to this day, I just, I don't get it. I think I so, that is so weird. But here's the thing, though. Let's go ahead and look at this verse. Uh, maybe one without word, by the conduct of their wives. Okay? So, by the conduct of our wives, when we see your respect, on the Greek, in fear, all right, we, they see your respect and pure conduct. Now, we're looking at this word conduct here. And, and that was, again, we see that in the Greek fear. Again, we're talking about the reverence. Okay? We're not talking about cowering type of fear. We can look back over here at 117, over here in 1 Peter 117, with reference to conduct. Uh, and if you call on him who is, call on him, let me get it back over here, as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct, see we see that word again, conduct, yourselves with fear see we're seeing that very same line again throughout the time of your exile okay so we're seeing that all over again here that um uh, uh let me get back over here uh seeing the, the you're respectful or in fear and pure conduct uh by the conduct conduct of their wives okay so we're looking at that, that their actions uh their uh uh, how they respond, uh, you know, it could be for this wife that is saved and dealing with an unsaved husband. Uh, it, it, that's what we're focusing at uh, uh, here directly. Now, um, let me see here. I'm trying to debate which verse I want to go with. Uh, let's, um, because what we're looking at here is really a general principle uh, of what Peter's trying to do. We can apply this really uh, to... Uh, 211 and 12 we get back over here and we went over this really is applicable to the several of our, our teachings here within the last couple of weeks but beloved i urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against the soul keeping your keep your conduct among the gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers they may see your good deeds and glorify you on the day of visitation so you know, we see okay. So that so that when they speak against you, all right, your conduct. So that if they try to you know that say that you're an evil doer, that 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 your your good deeds glorify God. So you know, uh, 
they uh, say this this husband in this particular time place in history is is uh, uh, maybe giving this woman a hard time because she's attending church or or that she he's seen this 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 change in her, but he, he can't really say too much because the conduct is in such a way that it's like, wow, what's 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 different here? Something something's changed. Why is she not as combative? Uh, why is she uh, uh, being? Um, uh, just selfless and, and showing a different kind of attitude, you know, showing that, that conduct that he can't even speak evil against her. Uh, we look at 123 here. Uh, let's see, get back over here at 123. Uh, let me see. Uh, Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God, all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. So, you know, the, re- the reason why I point that out is, yes, their conduct may change. Uh, they may be acting differently, but that doesn't necessarily specifically point to God. doesn't specifically point to Christianity. She could be a Buddhist for all we know. I mean, we, we don't we don't know that. But um, uh, it is a, um, uh, maybe that gives her the opportunity to explain to, to, the, to him uh, the face of Jesus. You know, when, when questioned, what, what is this change? What is going on? Without her even saying a word, maybe that gives her the opportunity to point him towards Jesus Christ. Okay. We can also look at uh, chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. Uh, and if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed for the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold. Okay, and so really that's going to apply to a little bit later on, and we'll get back to that here in just a second. So, um, let that example, okay? Now, we look at this here. Now, again, we're talking about respect. We're talking about conduct. We're talking about submission. Again, not a spineless kind of submission. We're talking about uh, without pride, without uh, selfishness, all right? And when we see that, though, uh, we can see that um, uh, uh, down in verse 5. We'll come back and look at uh, some of this other. This is how the holy women who hoped in God, all right, hoped in God, do not fear anything. So we see that jump down to verse 6. Do not fear anything because of their hope in God, because of what they're doing. See, they could be living with anxiety. They could be living with fear, uh, worried about what this guy might, might possibly do uh, because of this changed lifestyle. But do not fear anything. All right. This uh, uh, lion-hearted, uh, courageous uh, uh, type of attitude uh, that they may have uh, because of their, their fear in God, because of their trust and hope they have in God. So even as a man, that's something we can apply to ourselves, that we need to have that hope in God. And with, through God, we can have that courageous heart. We can have uh, that, uh, that, that, that uh, unfearful attitude uh, that can apply to a lot of things in our lives. You know, a, a lot of men and women both live in a lot of fear. Uh, fear of death, uh, fear of what the government's going to do, fear of loss of job, fear of loss of loved one. There's a lot of things, but we have our hope and trust in God. We have nothing to fear. We don't have anything to worry about because we know God has got this. Trust me, 
Anxiety and fear is areas of weakness that I have to uh, fight every day. I have to put my trust and hope in God every day. Because if I didn't, I'd be, I'm, you know, I'd be a train wreck. Every time my little girl leaves this house, and I, I'm just, my anxiety level's way up here. Uh, you know, it is, uh, uh, I worry about, uh, my dad. He's getting older and my mom and I worry about them both big time. I don't want to think of a world without them. I love them both dearly and it just, it kills me to think of them not being here. But I have to place my hope in God that heaven forbid if they were to be called home, God will give me the strength and the courage to endure and to persevere. To keep moving forward. That peace that can only come from him. That's not something I conjure up on my own. That is my hope in God to keep pushing forward. And you know, and I think there's a lot of people, you know, in fact there's there are several people right now that I know that uh, is in the church who is uh, dealing with loss right now and dealing with grief. And it can be overwhelming. You know, it it it, it hits each person differently. Some people can deal with it a little quicker and seem, you know, on appearance at least, seem like they've, they've gotten over a little quicker. Some people it takes longer. And some people put a timetable on that grief. Say, well, uh, after six months or a year or two years, well, I should be over it by now. You, you can't do that. You know, it, grief, you just have to, it's, it's different for each, for each person. But we can't, you know, one of the biggest things, particularly in counseling, grief counseling, you can't constantly focus uh, on that loss. You've got to redirect and focus on the promises that God gives us. And uh, sometimes it's hard to do because they, that grief uh, can be overwhelming. That's why I've told people before, it's like uh, being in an ocean. It's like uh, those waves, you, know, you have those moments of calm, and then you have those moments where waves just knock you down. That's just like uh, when me and Brandy and Madison was at the beach one time, and uh, Brandy was standing there, and I turned around to grab Madison because a wave was coming, turned back around, and Brandy was gone. And I was like, what? I was like, where'd she go? It blessed her heart. The wave hit her so hard. It knocked her down. And every time she tried to get up, another wave would knock her back down again. <laughs> I was trying to, here I'm trying to hold Madison. I run over there trying to grab her and get her up, you know, but sometimes grief can have that kind of effect. It feels like the wave hits you so hard. It knocks you down. Every time you try to get back up, it hits you again. But that's why we've got to put our trust and hope in God, that grief, that fear, that anxiety. Because when we do that, then we will have, uh, we will not fear anything. We'll have that courage to keep pushing forward. And, uh, and really, again, that's, that's only something that can come from God above. You know, for those who are saved, the great thing is, and it doesn't mean to minimize that pain, is the fact that we know where they're at. We know that we'll see those individuals again. That gives us some hope to know that uh, uh, we can, we'll see those loved ones. And, uh, but whatever it is you may fear. And, I, and for those who are saved, I don't understand the fear of death. I mean, I've never really got that. I, you know, I... I kind of understand the concern, uh, but if you're saved, you know that when you die, you're, you're to be set from the body to be present with the Lord. We're immediately in the presence of God. And, uh, there's, I, I don't understand. I mean, I think a lot of people watch too many movies. I think they think they're going to be lingering around for a little while. They're, they may be, uh, everything's going to go black for a while. It's not like that, man. You're not going to be at your funeral hovering on a cloud and be like, yeah, I'm glad you're crying. Yeah, look at you. Yeah, I bet you hate the way you talk to me. <laughs> you know, it's not going to be like it. It's not like the movie Ghost or, uh, what's the movie, uh, I've seen dead people, you know, you're trying to find some weird kid to let people know you're dead. I mean, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> it's not like it. All right. If you're saved, you're going to be immediately in the presence of God. So again, there should be no fear. If you're afraid of what the government, don't be afraid of what, what, what man can do, uh, to flesh, but be afraid of the one who can, uh, destroy both spirit and flesh. We need to make sure that our eyes are pointed on Jesus Christ and knowing that he is the author and the creator and the finisher of this world. And it doesn't matter what the government may do. It doesn't matter, uh, how bad things may get on this earth. God's going to take care of us. Again, having this, this courage to not fear anything. And uh, I mean, it's not saying that you were to be so reckless and careless as to say, well, I'm not going to fear anything, so I'm going to climb to the top of the Empire State Building, and I'm going to jump off and fly. Well, you're going to go splat. <laughs> you know, I mean, just that's just the, the way it is. Uh, you know, the laws of physics uh, can be a cruel uh, teacher. <laughs> so, you know, that's just silly. You know, I'm not saying you just walk out in the middle of the street and nothing bad's going to happen. God gave us common sense, but I'm talking about in the in the regards to uh, the emotional, the mental, uh, the spiritual. We don't have anything to fear because God is there. And uh, you know, it is um, maybe I spend a little more time talking about grief uh, in certain situations than for what I should. But I just know there's a lot of people out there they, they have a very tough time. Uh, dealing with those uh, that they have lost. And, uh, you know, I, Brandy's really big into the Dr. Phil, and uh, I could, you know, he, I, he's, he can make some good points. You know, like Dad said, a blind hog can find an acorn every now and then. And, uh, but he, uh, one thing that he did say, and I thought, you know, I really never thought about it that way. He did make a good point. He said, because this woman, she was just devastated with grief. She was just, she couldn't function. She couldn't move. I mean, it's just, it was destroying her life. And he said, why focus on one day of loss when you could focus on the lifetime that you had with that individual, the lifetime of laughter and fun and the good times and the memories? Why, fo why fo not focus on that instead of one day of loss? I thought, you know what? Uh, and, and, and that's, uh, I've never thought about it yet. Here I've, I've got a master's degree in counseling. Particularly when it comes to grief counseling, I focused uh, on that and uh, never really thought about it like that. And that makes a good point. You know, you can focus on that very one day of loss and make your life miserable. Or you can focus on the on the lifetime uh, that you have with that individual. And, uh, uh, and, and that should bring a smile to your face. And uh, so, you know, again, uh, each person does handle those situations differently. But if we have that hope in God... We got nothing to fear, whether you're male or female. And remember, there are only two sexes, boys and girls. <laughs> so despite, oh my gosh, what has been put in charge of our health uh, in Washington, D.C., <laughs> yeah, you know, years ago, Milton Berle would dress up like a woman, and everybody thought it was hilarious and, uh, and thought it was a joke and funny. And now we have a... Milton Burl in in uh, in office. I do like this one thing. I said, Dad had uh, Klinger dressed as a woman. Said uh, the new individual put in charge of defense. <laughs> so, oh Lord of mercy, we are in in definitely in the last days. <laughs> so without a doubt. 
I tell you what, you better have a good sense of humor, folks. You're going to need it. Anyway, so, all right, so letting your, your, their conduct, all right, ladies, let your conduct, and uh, you can uh, be a huge witness without even saying a word, demonstrating the things of the Lord, demonstrating things of Jesus, demonstrating the fruits of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faith, and self-control without even saying a word. You can demonstrate a selfless, selflessness uh, that can only come from God. Now, here's something you look at, too. Verse 3, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or clothing you wear. Now, does that mean that uh, women are not to uh, fix their hair up? Does that mean that they are not to wear gold or jewelry? And uh, if you're going to apply that, uh, we got clothing here. Does that mean women aren't supposed to wear clothing? <laughs> So, uh, obviously, uh, that's a big no uh, on all those. Uh, that's not what that is saying at all. Women, please wear your clothing, and uh, uh, you're welcome to wear your jewelry and uh, fix your hair. So, but, uh, you know, in this time, again, uh, it was very easy for them to focus on the outward appearance because they felt like, and really that can be applicable to today, there's some women who are so focused on the outward appearance they think that's what's going to keep their man that's what's going to uh, keep them where they're at and 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 only have eyes for them and uh, uh and in fact they said that um uh, in this particular time that uh, archaeologists have even found blonde wigs uh they said that they were imported from germany uh, in this in this time and uh, uh they had uh, uh was a tortoise shell uh combs uh, inlaid with gold and and so the focus was too much on the outward appearance and sadly there's a lot of women out there they think that uh you know they get the botox they get the hair they get the makeup uh that's what's going to keep their man but you know really what we're looking at here is the internal uh that's what's going to keep now that's not to say you don't need to uh <laughs> i know dad always says and this is my dad i'm not saying this my dad's has said this that every old barn looks good with a coat of paint. Now, you can put all uh, <laughs> emails to him. I just, Don't kill them. I'm just telling you what he says. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, it don't hurt to get yourself fixed up every now and then. It's, it's good to maybe take a shower every two or three days and uh, <laughs> put on some good clothes. Uh, you know, you, yeah, you want to look good every now and then. Dress yourself up. That goes for men and women both, you know. You want uh, let the other person know they're appreciated, and uh, not, not a thing wrong in the world with that. But the emphasis can't be on outward appearance only. Because we see, go on to see here that, um, uh, verse 4, But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is in God's sight very precious. Okay? So, we're looking at the inward beauty. We're looking at the uh, uh, the inward heart here, okay? Uh, that's what, uh, you know, the sad thing is, you know, there's a lot of uh, people out there that uh, deal with a lot of pain because they have uh, been cheated on uh, by their spouse. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize Dad was watching. He said, throw me under the bus. Yeah, I feel like uh, Al on... Uh, Tool time. I, I wish I'd had a sign when I said that and said, uh, email Vic Young at P.O. Box 501. <laughs> I thought, yeah, but uh, email Vic Young at 118 Julie Lane. 
<laughs> so uh, we get a lot of angry letters from females, but uh, but anyway, uh, so we're looking at um, uh, that that uh, that heart, all right. But what my point was, I was going to say, it's sad though. There's a lot of women out there who focus so much on the outward appearance because where they have been cheated on by a spouse, and, and it's a sad situation. It really, I hate that. I really do. And I've told people, I said, you know, when I've done counseling, marital counseling and such, I've told people, I said, the sad thing is, because I've dealt with people, whether male or female, I've dealt with people that have been very controlling, scared to death the spouse going to cheat on because of past experiences. And I've told them, I said, man, I'm going to tell you right now. And I've told a lot of men this, because men are really bad about it. And like I said, women, you know, be right there. That uh, if somebody's going to cheat on you, they're going to do it. I don't, it don't matter how. If you keep a microscope on them 24-7, if they're going to cheat, they're going to cheat. Dang, if there ain't no words you can do about it, you want to just let it go. And, uh, and it stinks, but you're going to have to get to the point to either, uh, in particular, if they're, and I've told people this before, I said, uh, before I married them, I said, if you got a problem uh, and a trust issue, you better get over it now before you get married because it'll only multiply and get worse after you get married. So I said, just best thing to do, just let it go. And uh, uh, it's hard to do, particularly when you've been hurt and uh, in the wrong way. So, uh, so again, we're looking at that heart. Uh, we're looking at that heart condition. We're looking at that change of mind and soul and spirit with the imperishable beauty of gentle and quiet spirit. Uh, a, a woman that can um, that is meek, uh, that is pure, uh, that is trying to do those things that are glorifying unto God. Uh, whether it regards to chastity, whether it's in regards to mind and spirit, one that is meek and gentle because of what Christ has done in them. Again, this it's not saying, uh, you know, I know in the world of feminism, uh, you know, it's girl power uh, to the second power. All right, you, I mean, every, you can, you know, everything TV, movie, you know, it's it's all about girl power. That's fine and good. I mean, you know, it's got its place. I'll put it that way. Uh, you know, there's I think they went too far with it uh, when they try to make women uh as strong as men you know that's just biologically it's wrong it's just it, that's just not how biology works you know that's why letting these transgender men be in women's sports is a travesty women should be outraged uh at the fact that uh, these men are able to pose as women and be in their sports that, that is a slap in their face because men are genetically stronger i mean i just you know so i understand in being in, i guess i should put it this way i, I don't agree with the feminist ways that they're being portrayed in movies and TV, but I have no problem with encouraging women to be strong mentally, emotionally, spiritually, because uh, I have a daughter and I want her to know that uh, she can be independent, she can be strong, and and somebody just opened the front door. <laughs> so, <laughs> so but anyway, uh, never have to worry about somebody coming in or out of the house. But, you know, it is, uh, so there's nothing wrong with teaching your, your, your daughter and, uh, to be brave and to be strong. And I don't see no, no wrong with that. But when you try to, uh, you know, and, and equality, uh, in the workplace is there. Uh, we have equal opportunity acts that put that in play. Anyway, I'm getting way off topic here. Let's get back to this. It's easy for me to get a little preachy when it comes to politics and things that, that kind of stick under my skin a little bit. So I apologize. Uh, okay, so, uh, to show that gentle, uh, that, that meekness, that quiet spirit, uh, which in God's sight, very precious. 
For this is how the holy women who hoped in God. All right, we're coming back around to this. Uh, who hoped in God. Now, you know, see that, that gentleness, that meekness, that hope in God, uh, keeping uh, Jesus uh, first in their lives. Well, because, again, you know, uh, just like I was reading this morning in Romans 12, 2, uh, that, uh, that transformation uh, of mind, uh, it's just a whole new way of looking at things, being selfless, not selfish, not being overbearing, uh, not being hateful, uh, not being in your face. You know, it's just it's just a whole change of dynamic, male and female, when you come to know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. This is not just a personality trait, uh, per se, uh, but it's just how Christ changes that personality and how we interact. Uh, we can look at First uh, Peter 3. Uh, 15 and 16 down here says, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, um, yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Again, we're looking at that, uh, that gentleness and respect uh, because of what Christ, again, has done in our hearts and minds. So, um, for this how the holy women hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands. Again, all right, when you see that, that submission, that is, is not spineless, it is not showing weakness, but in fact it's showing great strength of character to be a servant. To understand that the man is the head of the household spiritually, uh, you know, I think it, it shows a, a strength of character for a woman uh, to understand that and apply that in that relationship. You know, it's very easy to rebel against that and say, "Well, ain't no man gonna tell me what to do." Well, I mean, I can understand that to a certain extent. I mean, if he's been a dictator and he's run you into the ground, then you know, uh, obviously, you know, that's unwarranted and that's wrong. Uh, but, uh, but now if he's trying to be the head of the home, he's trying to have his family in church and he's trying to do the right thing, then yes, the wife is to submit to that understanding that he is doing what is in accordance with God's word, even though it may be, not be popular culturally. All right. Uh, but, uh, it doesn't matter. Culture is always going to change. Uh, but God's word is static. It never changes. And, uh, and people need to understand that. Quit trying to water down God's word to make it apply to cultural standards because it's never going to work. It's always going to contradict. And so that's why, you know, teaching on these kind of things is really not easy for me. It's difficult because I want to make sure that I'm, you know, explaining God's word, uh, in its proper context. But at the same time, my, you know, I want to speak the truth in love. I don't want it to uh, to come out just, you know, like I, I'm downing women. You know, quite on the contrary, God's word does nothing but uplift women, particularly in a time and age where women were uh, had to walk three or five steps behind the man and treated like slaves and treated like uh, livestock. And God's word elevated women uh, in a wonderful and beautiful way. So, you know, I don't want women to think, well, you know, he he is uh, a misogynist and he hates women and he's trying to uh, put them. That's, that's not what I'm trying to do at all. So I'm trying to to explain God's word in its proper context uh, so that you understand what in regards to what he what Peter's trying to say here in regards to wives. And but it will not go in the same line as what culture says. Culture says you be independent. Culture says you say you're to act this way or do this way or uh you know 
uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with independence per se, but uh, but in the way they're trying to portray it is, uh, you know, that, uh, well, it's, it, I'll be honest with you. you know, I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to see that liberal, hedonistic, humanist philosophy, uh, they're trying to make women butchy like men, and they're trying to make men wimpy and emasculated and be more feminine. I mean, it's you see it all the time in in commercials, uh, in television, in movies. I mean, I'll be honest with you. You know, before this COVID thing hit, I mean, I don't really get out much because uh, of my health. But uh, when I did get out uh, before all this hit, I mean, we go to the mall and stuff. I couldn't tell you if that boy was gay or straight. I, I you know, I see this. I, in fact, I've even told Brandon, I said, that boy here, I think he's, uh, I think he's got a little lot in the loafers, you know. And all of a sudden, I turn around, we pass him again. He's holding hands with a girl, and I'm like, oh, I'm confused. <laughs> you know, apparently, he is too. <laughs> you know, so you know, it's it's sad, and a lot of it is due to a lack of of male role models and a lack of male Christian fathers in the home, and uh, that's a lot to blame for what what's going on right now. But um, uh, but yeah, you know, that this this humanist philosophy is what hurt. Uh, marriages. It's what's, you know, well, we see this attack on traditional family values and marital roles. Uh, you know, all that, I mean, we look at uh, how homosexuality is, is trying to be pushed as normal. Same sex marriages. I mean, it's a, a true attack on uh, traditional family roles and values. And uh, that's why we've got to stand holy on God's word. And so what may be said in here may go against the grain of how you think or feel. And you may say, well, he's a jerk. Well, guess what? Brady's probably called me that two or three times today. So, you know, it don't going to hurt my feelings. But uh, that's just, uh, you know, I, you don't get mad at me. You don't get mad at the messenger. You're, if you've got a problem, you got a problem with God's Word. I'm just trying to tell you what God's Word says. You take that information and do with that as you will. All right? So, uh, holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children, if you do good, and do not fear, being fearless, anything that is frightening. Now, where it says, Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Now, you know, that's not saying that you have to call your husband Lord. You know, uh, you know it would be like if Brandy come in, and she fell backwards on the bed after a long day, says, Lord, I'm wore out. You know, I can look at her and say, hey, when we're, you're here at home, you can address me as Matt. <laughs> so, you know, that's not what that's saying. You don't have to address your husband as Lord, okay? But, uh, bad joke, I'm sorry. But, uh, but Sarah obeyed Abraham, you know, and, and really people could say, well, well, wait a minute, you know, now, she went along with Abraham, and here he called, uh, her his sister, Back got him in trouble a couple of times there, but she went along with that. But uh, it's not saying that God is telling women to be dishonest, deceiving. If if a husband's telling you to do something that is contrary to the word of God or that is wrong, then obviously, yeah, you're not to not to do that. But uh, and again, you know, some women, I know that being in an abusive situation can be. I'm trying to choose my words carefully here. I don't, I don't want to make anybody angry. The word abuse is sometimes used a little broadly, okay? And sometimes what's considered abuse may not be physical. There may you know, what may be considered verbal abuse. Am I saying that's right? No, I'm not saying that's right. But I'm also, also saying that that's also a grounds for divorce either. No, it may not be uh, 
pleasant, and no, it isn't right, uh, but uh, uh, there's that's not a reason to divorce. And uh, if the if the end of, if the woman is enduring that, and the man's willing to get counseling, then I, they should. But in the context of First Peter three. Uh, you know, say, uh, for example, if a, a man's an alcoholic and maybe he's verbally abusive, uh, you know, some women may say, well, I want to divorce and leave him. That ain't right. But if you're looking at the context of chapter 3 here, verses 1 through 6, if you're showing that submission, if you're demonstrating the things of God uh, without saying a word, uh, showing that change of heart, that change of mind, your character, your conduct, the things that you're doing, uh, you know, who knows that that reflection may get the attention of that man who may realize that, hey, you know, I'm treating this woman all wrong. I, I'm, I'm treating her in, wrong with my actions of drinking. I'm treating her wrong by being verbally abusive and see that there is a need for change. And who knows how that might draw this individual to church, get them saved. You know, that's, that's what I'm trying to say here. You know, looking at that that inward uh, change of heart, the, the change of conduct. You know, there's a illustration that I had uh, read uh, in in studying this, and it said that this uh, blind man, uh, while well, he became blind, uh, he was injured in the war. Uh, I didn't specify which one, uh, but uh, in war he was blinded, and uh, he fell in love uh, with a nurse who took care of him, and uh, they got married. Well. He was out in public one day, and he overheard some men laughing and saying, it's a good thing that he's blind because anybody with any eyes wouldn't dare marry somebody that homely. And he heard them, and he walked over there to them, and he said, I praise God for my blindness because he said if I could see, and if that was if that was what would kept me from a, a beautiful soul, a beautiful, loving, and caring woman, he said, I praise God for my blindness. You know, it is, uh, you know, it's something to be said for that inward beauty. It is something to be said for that uh, that heart and soul for God. Uh, you know, uh, there are going to be people out there, and this is male or female. They may not be so much physically attractive, but it's their heart and their soul that just brings about a beauty, that brings about something about them that you want to be around. You want to hang out with them. You want to talk to them. It's just there's something about them that is different and, and wonderful and beautiful. And, and that is God within us uh, that shows that conduct, that change of heart. And that, that is uh, what we're looking at here uh, this evening uh, in regards to submission, talking about attitude. We're talking about uh, uh, that, that purity, that, that moral purity. Uh, we're talking about the, uh, the reverence, a fear of a godly wife. Uh, we're talking about, uh, of course, I uh, made a little joke about nagging, and uh, I may get some emails on that, and I may get smacked from my wife afterwards. But anyway, <laughs> for my little joke on that. But uh, talking about attractive behavior, talking about that gentle and quiet spirit. We've talked about uh, uh, attractive behavior that involves doing what is right. Uh, and, and in fact, uh, reading here, um, I didn't get the source. I apologize. Since you become Sarah's children, if you do what is right, Peter emphasizes the concept. It always occurs in, occurs in the context of others doing wrong towards us and points to the fact that our behavior shouldn't be determined by how others treat us. We're so prone to react to wrong treatment with more wrong treatment 
than to blame our sin on the other person's sin. But God wants us to be prepared to respond to wrong to wrongs against us by doing what is right. And that's it. We got to do what is right in God's eyes. I apologize. I didn't get the the author's name uh, of what I just read here, so it's not my words. It's someone else's. But um, uh, so we got to do what's right, uh, male or female. We got to do what is right in God's eyes, and it's not easy. It's not always easy to do the right thing. You know, being married uh, is a wonderful thing. Uh, I love my wife dearly. There are times when I know she wants to pinch my head off, or there's times I like to pinch her head off. You know, you're going to argue, you're going to fight. It's just part of it. I hate it and regret it. There's things I've said that, shoot, boy, I wish I could take back. And uh, trust me, she's going to throw back at me in another argument later down the road. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, uh, it's just part of it. But if uh, we need to work hard to... Um, uh, to show that gentleness and respect towards each other, uh, reflecting uh, that God-like mind, that, that God-like change of heart uh, that is within us. And uh, so, ladies, if you're married uh, that's watching this evening, make sure that you are showing that gentleness of spirit, uh, that submission uh, that, uh, that Christ requires, that servant-like attitude. Remember, Christ came to serve. And whether you're male or female, that's something we've got to keep in mind. We're here to serve we're here to show humility and esteem others better than ourselves. And I think if we get that through our heads, I think we'd have better marriages, better relationships with those around us in general. So let us pray. Therefore, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this day and your grace and your mercy. Lord, help us uh, to treat each other in our relationships with mutual respect and love. Let us demonstrate the thanks of Christ Jesus. Uh, Lord, let us show that love and humility and purity of heart. And Lord, let us serve you well in thought, word, and deed. And Lord, if there's anyone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us, lead us, God, and direct us till we meet again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I appreciate all you guys and gals for watching this evening, and uh, hopefully I didn't tick too many people off, and uh, and uh, sorry I had to throw my dad under the bus, but uh, guess what? He didn't hesitate to do that to me, and so what's fair for the goose is fair for the gander. <laughs> so anyway, I do hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day, and I hope everybody has a blessed week. Thanks for watching, and God bless.